Hello, friends, and welcome once again. This is Syracuse Sports, presented by Kraus Health, the official healthcare supplier of SU Athletics. Brent Axe, Emily Liker, here with you again. The news moves so fast, we have to do this daily at this point, sometimes twice a day at this point. So much going on, and we are here for you, friends, because today we officially met Fran Brown in an introductory press conference at Syracuse. What an event it was, an absolutely packed auditorium up at SU. So Emily and I are going to give you some impressions of that. The coaching staff is starting to fill out some names that we know, some names that we think we know, some names we've told you about on this podcast and that our Syracuse Sports Insiders have heard and have heard from Emily's coverage as well. We will get into that and a surprise. I will I will leave it at that, friends, for the show. We will certainly hear from our Syracuse Sports Insiders. They have been fired up all day to be a part of things, and you should be a Syracuse Sports Insider. Ladies and gentlemen, you can do that by texting the word ORANGE to this number. 315-847-3895. 315-847-3895. You get breaking news from us. You get my insights first. You text me directly. I text you. And a partridge in a pear tree, ladies and gentlemen. So much going on with Syracuse Sports Insider. So, Emily, we were up there at Syracuse today, and you got to win the room, right? Fran Brown won the room. I think he's got a lot of Syracuse fans eating out of the palm of his hand at this point. I think he made a heck of an impression. There's a word that that comes to mind from today, and that word is authentic. thought it was a very authentic performance. You can see why he motivates people, why he's a good recruiter, right? You got to be in the room to get that sense of it, and I think we did. Now, these things are are their dog and pony shows, and they're orchestrated, and the chancellor and the AD and dignitaries and – all sorts of political figures up there getting their picture taken afterwards. Like that's what you do with these things. Right. But Fran won the room and I think he won over the fan base as well. So let me just get your big takeaway from today. I would encourage everybody out there to check out our coverage, to watch the videos, to take it in. It was nearly an hour, but I think it's worth your time to listen to Fran Brown, lay out his vision, answer questions and hear it right from the horse's mouth. So to say, but let's let's condense it down to your big takeaway from Fran Brown's opening press conference, Emily. Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest thing was the kind of call to action, but also promise he made to not just alumni, but donors, fans, people in the community who might not feel a huge attachment to Syracuse sports or Syracuse football, but those people too, to everyone in the room that like this, this is going to be a program that like he goes out and interacts with these people. He wants the alumni to come to practice. He wants them there and around the facility and around the team and providing him feedback. I mean, one of the first things, one of the first people I talked to when I got to Syracuse two years ago ish now last summer, 2022, um, I talked, went to lunch with an alum of the program and, one of the things he told me was that it was super frustrating that they were not invited around the program very often. And I do think we saw that change a little bit in the past year. There, there was a little bit more of that, but it often was only really big names. It was for like very regimented speaking opportunities, it felt like. And what Brown was offering today was come in, come to practice, 
doors open anytime. He even said to alumni, we don't need your money. We just want you there, which is like a bold statement. He did kind of say later, he was like, we do want your money, but really I do mainly <laughs> want you there. So I think that just kind of change, change in policy there really stood out to me. And obviously I, I hope it, uh, reflects across other aspects of access to the program, including our media access, which who knows nice. exactly we'll find out what that looks like. But that that really stuck out to me today. Emily, I have to say, I totally agree. That is the thing that really hit with me. And I'm going to take it a step further. The fact that Fran Brown worked with George DeLeon, knows George DeLeon, still talks to George DeLeon's widow, George unfortunately recently passed away. The fact that Fran Brown called Paul Pasqualoni and basically asked for his endorsement, like you would call the father of the woman that you want to propose to, right? May I have your blessing to take this job? Has the respect and the wherewithal and the knowledge of those two. What Fran Brown did today by citing that by inviting the alumni back, by saying he wants them around. And he challenged him a little bit. He said, I don't want you around if you're not here. I don't want your opinion if you're not here, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it unless you're present and you're contributing, which is just a direct contrast to what we heard, not just in the Dino Babers era. I don't want to pick on Dino here. This is with other coaches, too. This, is, this happened under Scott Schaefer. This happened under Doug Marone a little bit. This is not a Dino-exclusive thing, Okay. And I'm going to take this another step further, Emily, and I'm going to be a little bit of a tease here. I have a column coming out tomorrow about this. I spoke to several former players today about this. Emily, you brought it up in the lunch that you went to. I think you got a sense of this just in covering the team. I certainly had a sense of this. Don McPherson flat out said it on this podcast recently. But to get a true sense of the fissure that was there and how former players did not feel welcome, did not feel they were part of it, did not feel they could be around the team. You know, to talk to Robert Drummond today, who is a former Syracuse running back, he was on the 1987 undefeated team, still lives in Syracuse, is here every single day. To hear what I would characterize in, in a way, the pain in his voice, that he didn't even get to know a single player on this team that he didn't feel he was welcome to be around the program that he bled for, that he was on the field living, sweating, bleeding for in one of the most famous teams of all time. To hear other honest voices, I don't want to give them all away. I do want you guys to read the column. It was striking to hear how you have these players. This is their program, as Fran Brown said today, Emily, that didn't feel like they were, A, a part of it or welcome to be there for it. So why would they contribute to it if they were in a position to contribute to it, right? That was absolutely my biggest takeaway. It was as if Fran Brown did an exorcism in one day and wiped that all away and said, come here, be a part of this. I've already heard from former players. Like he gave me his number. I, I feel it. This is genuine. I feel like I've got a say in this. And Emily, that's all they wanted. They just wanted a voice. They just wanted to feel like they're part of it. Football is a unique brotherhood. And I think you can find that at a lot of places. But I'll, I'll give you another example. I talked to Damian Rhodes today, former Syracuse running back. And he cited examples of places he's been, SEC schools. And he's like, we're not even talking about some of the bigger SEC schools, but there's a alumni presence. And that was just missing. 
in the not only the Dino era, but the last decade or so. And I feel like Fran Brown went a long way to bridging that gap today. Definitely. And I mean, it aligns with a lot of the other things he talked about in terms of recruiting, in terms of what he's going to do with the current players. It's all about relationships for him. And that's, that's just what you want. And I think to the brotherhood point, like, I think for, for like the past eight years, especially, and this is a little bit like things I've heard and a little bit just observations and stuff. I would think it would be hard to be an alumni of the program and see how much family and brotherhood is preached and feel locked out from it. And so just to see this new coach coming in, Brown having these relationships that we are seeing him call upon in real time to fill out a staff, which we're going to talk about shortly. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's like, it's one thing for him to say that, but it's another thing to be acting on it and everything we're seeing is him acting on it. I mean, I don't want to name names. The individual I went to lunch with who told me that two years ago was at the press conference today. He was there. I said hi to him and he was there to support Brown. So everything that he's saying so far and of course, it's been one week. He's only been really on campus one day. So there's like a lot still to do. And there's a lot of time for this to change. But everything he's saying so far is aligning with his actions, which is what you want to see. No question about it. We could do this whole podcast on things that Fran Brown said today. I got so many messages. We're going to go over some from our Syracuse Sports Insider shortly. Emily, I'm sure you got a lot of the same messages from people. I will run through a wall for this man. The motivation. I will donate to Orange United right now i will buy season tickets like this could not have worked out better from the standpoint of energizing the fan base you had to meet him you had to hear him if you were in the room look i've been to a few of these right the dino babers close your eyes press conference scott schaefer before that when he said we're gonna lock the doors of the dome right and schaefer was a very intense defensive coach very you know just old school football and people I think we're motivated by that. And this was a time, Emily, when there was a real push for Schaefer to take over for Doug Marone. And, you know, Doug Marone took an NFL job in January. So, like, Schaefer was the fail-safe option. There also wasn't a lot of candidates out there because it was so far down the road. Marone. Marone's presser was the feel of the alum coming home and the, the alums that were in the room. Speaking of what we're talking about here, this was over a decade ago. And Tim Green sitting there and, the, and the, the voices that were involved in the search process, many of which were alums, Daryl Gross making up for the Greg Robinson mistake. Obviously, Greg Robinson and this whole new era of football taking over for comes full circle. What Fran Brown was talking about today with Paul Pasqualoni and George DeLeon. And while Fran Brown represents a lot of stepping forward, Emily, in the future and, and everything, and he was asked about NIL. I asked him about NAL and he said, I, I wasn't just recruiting with my good looks, right? So he gets it and he understands what's going on there and everything that is in the here and now. There is something about college football and it exists here that you have to appease the old guard. You've got to tell the guys that have been there before, not only the players, but the fans, the fans that grumble and remember and, and say, hey, say what it used to be without Paul Pasqualoni here, right? <laughs> in one day. You got him on board. Fran is out last night. I had like five people send me a text at Vito's restaurant in East Syracuse. Very good Italian food, by the way. Nice little plug for you, Vito. We'd love to be a, a sponsor here on the podcast. 
he's there with John Wildhack. Just goes and starts talking to people at the restaurant. Like, unsolicited, just like, hey, guys, I'm the new football coach. Like, on the ground, just trying to get people back in there. What he said at the presser today about he drove by some neighborhoods around Syracuse. It reminded him of home. It reminded him of Camden. He's going to be out in the community doing things. Like, again, there's so many things from this presser we can go over. I would encourage you to go and watch it. So, man, win the room. I think he he won a lot more than that today. And now you got to back it up, right? And one reason you could back that up is you bring in some great coaches. And, boy, that coaching staff is really filling out. Emily, I know you spoke with Nunzio Campanelli a little bit today on a call for the, the Boca Bowl. We're going to be at that shuffleboard court. Emily's Emily went and bought so three excited. bottles of SPF 30 today. She's already excited <laughs> for, for the Boca Bowl. Uh, let's hear from our insiders, though. Our Syracuse Sports Insiders, who can get in touch with us, of course, at 315-847-3895. So many messages that were along the lines of, I will run through a wall for this man. Al jumps in to say he was extremely impressive in that presser. Loved his view on his role in the community and his focus on faith and family with his players. Good message there from Al. Uh, just going through it here. My guy Madden Cuse asks a good question for us, Emily, and he says, will the assistants be available to the media? I'm sitting here watching Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, give his weekly Q&A. It's a great way to have the fans interested. Well, we would hope so. Why right? do because I hope so? <laughs> if you're going to go in the, in the opposite direction of Dino Babers in a lot of ways, that'd be a great way to do it. But see, it's not just us in our, in our access, Emily. Here you have a fan and a very passionate fan that I know, Mr. Madden Cuse. It's like, I want to hear from these guys. I want to get to know these coaches, right? In a town like Syracuse, we want to know who's doing this stuff. And we'll back you. We'll you give us the two-way road of respect, and it goes a long way. So my guess would be we are going to hear from some assistant coaches, and and that's, that's a welcome sign. I would agree. And, again, like, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. Like, you always want – Maybe I haven't. You always want as many voices as possible in a story. And that it's just like you, you are able to create such a better picture of what's going on, whether it be in a meeting room, on a practice field, in a singular play in a game, the more voices you are able to talk to. And you know what? Like, yes, the head coach is kind of the preeminent voice in a college football program. And they do know a lot about their players and their programs. But a college football, the head coach is not always over in the corner with the punter and the second string long snapper who are having to figure it out for a play in a game and stuff like that. So fingers crossed, because I, I think we would just be able to do some great storytelling and really bring people inside of this program if we're able to talk to assistant And coaches, frankly, so. Madden Cuse and anybody else out there that agrees with this, tweet that, put it out there. Tell Syracuse you want to hear from the True. assistant coaches. It's one thing for us to grumble about it, but if you guys are doing it, then... And now's the time they ask, right? Victoria says, Merry Christmas to Syracuse fans. I wanted to join Fran's staff after that intro today. What an impressive guy. Uh, let's see. Matt W says, wow, Syracuse has flipped the narrative that they can't recruit completely on its head. Mark just jumps in to say, followed Coach Fran's advice, started my NIL subscription, $25 a month to Orange United today. I've heard from a bunch of fans that have done the same or have been motivated to get their tickets back or will get their tickets back or, you know, they're, they're, they're just back in on Syracuse football. 
A few more here. I love this one from James, who's one of our most frequent texters, and good to see him. I am fired up about Syracuse football on a Monday in December. This is awesome. Matt says, I'm so jacked up right now after watching him speak, the way he talked about building good men first, like his talk with LaQuinn Allen, and I'm just uh, following up here on the text. Give me a second, guys. That he mentioned, let's go beat USF and bring on 2024. So Matt S. fired up. Just I'm, I'm going through a bunch of texts, Emily, to say the same thing. Love the energy. Love what he's talking about. Authentic, Jeremy says. That was my main impression. Victor, impressive. Authentic, impressive hire. Paul says, I was impressed with Fran's genuine desire to want to be here. If he finds success, I don't think he will pop, as it was alluded in the press conference. There was something he said, Emily, and thanks to our insiders as always. He's going to be here for life, right? Like there's a guy who says he's committed to being here as long as he keeps winning and does the things a college football coach has to do, right? he, He indicated like Elijah Robinson and some of these coaches he wants to move on because he wants to mold them into head coaches. But, you know, Fran says he's here for the long haul. I thought that was a pretty big thing to say. Yeah, he, he said he said, I'm here for life. And then he walked it back a little bit and was like, I'm here until my daughter is, is 12 years old. She's two right now. So that gives you a decade with uh, Brown if he if he everything goes according to plan. Um, but I mean, I think I think the sentiment right is just that he is in a place that he considers close to home. We already talked about how he compared Syracuse to Camden a little bit, seeing what he was driving around in the neighborhoods and looking at. Um, Obviously, it's not a long drive from here to Camden, New Jersey, which for those who aren't aware geographically is literally right across whatever river that is from Philadelphia. Uh, um, But yeah, I mean, certainly a guy who loves the Northeast, knows what is going to be the the problems of the Northeast um, and seems ready and willing and equipped to handle those things over the foreseeable future. Emily, one thing, and to move on to what we're seeing with the coaching staff here. So Elijah Robinson's in, he confirmed that at the press conference today. Let's circle back on that. We did mention him on uh, Monday's pod or that was Sunday's pod. Today is Monday. We've been podding so much. I'm getting my days mixed up, but we have mentioned Elijah Robinson in the past, Texas A&M, They've uh, crossed paths before. They're good friends. They're both Camden guys. It was tugging at the heartstrings a little bit here. Fran Brown saying today, treat him well, treat him with respect, because you're not going to see him here long. He thinks he's going to move on pretty quickly from Syracuse. And Emily, we didn't get the numbers, so we will not be seeing Chris Carlson do a cold plunge, unfortunately. But, man, you had to pay to get Elijah Robinson. Because Texas A&M wanted to keep him. And Texas A&M's got considerable more resources at this point than Syracuse does to bring him in. So as some people asked, I don't know the answer to this, but one would indicate you probably had to do this. Wildhack had to open the purse strings a little bit, it would appear, to get Elijah Robinson. Yeah, and, and Brown said that. He was like, we went all in. Like, he was an expensive get. Um, I, when I was writing up the report that Robinson had been hired yesterday um, or was going to be hired, I don't know if they've, like, officially hired him yet, but he's going to be on staff. Um, his salary at Texas A&M this year was $1.2 million, and that was, again, he is not a coordinator right now. He is a position coach. So, uh, obviously, for some guys, like, the – upgrade in the title is going to be 
worth a lot to them alone, but uh, he is certainly making a, a pretty, pretty penny. And so is, so is Brown, which we didn't hear those contract details either. Chris did try. He did give John the opportunity to make him <laughs> jump in that cold water of um, the lake water probably is where he would have done it. <laughs> I think we should find another cause for Chris to do that. This would have been a good one. This I would think have been we just a good one, but keep pushing it until someone tells us contract numbers. Just... Come on, somebody, somebody, <laughs> give it to us, baby, and we'll shove Chris in uh, frozen Onondaga Lake. He can swim in Onondaga Lake now, according to some people. Anyway, so Robinson's in. So you have Fran Brown, the nation's number one recruiter. Elijah Robinson was the number one recruiter last year, year. and is a top ten recruiter now. And Emily, speaking of recruiting. A little bit of a of a surprise here. Syracuse taking on Nick Williams, who will be the defensive line coach here, but is also a guy really noted for his recruiting prowess. And he's a top 25 recruiter. So now you have three of the top 25 recruiters in the country on the same staff. Right, yeah. Williams posted today um, that another hire. I think it's just want to make clear, none of these have been like officially announced yet. Like I said on Twitter, I don't think these people would be changing their Twitter bios and their profile pics if it was not legitimate, yeah. but he shared a graphic today, uh, defensive ends coach. He's coming in from Colorado, which obviously Colorado was a big college football storyline, at least for the first couple weeks of the season this year. Why would happen there? Um, and then things did not go uh, as well as I think coach prime thought they were going to there in the back half of the season. But um Previously, Williams has been at Georgia. He's been at Texas A&M, kind of in like grad assistant analyst roles. He played at Georgia for a couple seasons and then transferred to North Alabama, I believe. Um, but what I found interesting, yeah, and you kind of already mentioned it, is that even though he wasn't necessarily in like a coaching position, he's credited with being involved in Texas A&M's number one classes um, when he was there, number one and number two classes, and obviously would have worked with Robinson. So that's a little bit of that tie in there. Um, yeah, it certainly seems like an impressive guy. And he he's the lead recruiter on King Joseph Edwards. I believe I'm getting his name right. You're correct. So, yep. so many names and so many days here. <laughs> I'm starting <laughs> to breach my limit. But so that is certainly in, in, intriguing. Um, King Joseph Edwards had Colorado in his in his top three and Syracuse in his top three but now his lead recruiter is not at Colorado anymore and is at Syracuse so that's certainly something to consider and King Joseph Edwards if you're not familiar is a four-star edge from Hoshton Mill Creek that's in Georgia out of nowhere now he has Colorado Florida State and Syracuse in his top three considering Williams is now here at Syracuse I don't want to assume anything but that probably takes Colorado out of the mix King Joseph Edwards retweeted, I believe, a tweet that I retweeted today saying, um, let me see if I can find it while we're yakking about it here, but I retweeted the Nick Williams, uh, what, what is it, a graphic? What do they call these things? Yeah, Help Grandpa like out here, Emily. Yeah. yeah. And King Joseph Edwards was, I can't find it specifically, Emily, but he was basically like, the reaction was, whoa, look at that. Like, mm -hmm. He, he noticed, and now Syracuse is in his top three, and he's making an official visit here this weekend. So these recruiters have to recruit, and not only do recruiters recruit, Emily, players recruit. And if you can start snagging a couple of players like that and other players take notice, watch how the momentum builds, and that's key. 
One big question a lot of people had coming into the presser today is Fran Brown done with Georgia. Is he going to focus on Syracuse? The answer to that is yes. If Georgia was playing for a national championship, the answer to that would be no. Fran would have stuck on from what I understand, from what my sources told me on that. So we're uh, 16 days from signing day here. And it appears that this staff can do some damage on this signing day, let alone looking into the future. So keep your eyes on that. Nunzio Campanelli, another big question. Would he be retained on the staff? The answer is yes. And Emily, you were in on a call today for the Boca Bowl, and Nunzio Campanelli was in on that. What were some of the highlights of what he said? Yeah, we we only talked for a few minutes. Um, I tried to to get him to disclose what exactly his role is going to be next year on Brown's staff, and he he kind of deferred to Brown. Um, I don't know if that was just deferential because they're still waiting to make like a formal announcement about these things, or if maybe they're still trying to figure out where Campanelli slots in. He's coached a couple different positions in his career. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's been a running backs coach. He's been a tight ends coach. He's the type of guy that you could probably place anywhere on the offense and he would be impactful. So did confirm, obviously we found out that he's going to be, be on the staff earlier in the day, but he kind of confirmed that again, said that he had been talking to Brown since he was hired last week. Um, but we're still waiting on, on what that title is in terms of bowl prep. Um, kind of just what we found out is I think what we were expecting in that Brown's going to be around the program, but it, it's going to be Campanelli with the reins going through the end of the year to the bowl, the bowl game. Um, 2023 coaching staff as of now is all still in place. No one has left for other jobs yet or, um, at least that we know of been offered other jobs that they're considering. So he said that right now they're just rolling with what they have and, and things are going to look pretty much the same as they did at the end of the year in terms of game plan and who's being used and, and stuff like that. And even down to like scheduling, like he mentioned, like a lot of the routines and the practice schedules and things like that, that they had under Babers this year, like that's just going to carry on through because you can't really shake things up when you only have 15 practices and your coaching staff's in flux and you're going to lose some players. Like there's only so much you can do. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of about sums up what we heard from, from Campanelli today is just that it's going to be the bowl game is the end of 2023. And then the real kind of transition with the coaching staff is going to start after that. So we know Nunzio staying on, I know that Will Hicks is staying on as basically a special assistant to the coach, which is smart considering what we led this podcast with and our impressions. Nobody's more connected to the alumni than Will Hicks mm -hmm. is, and they love Will Hicks. So that's a very smart move. I think that is going to be it. I mean, leave open a possibility. Maybe a coach or two stays. Uh, Fran is not going to coach the bowl game. For those that had not heard that, Nunzio is coaching the bowl game, right? I think that's going to be it, though, Emily. If I had to make a, an educated guess at this point, I th I'm, I think those are the only two holdovers from the Dino Bear Babers era into the Fran Brown era. Maybe one or I two am, more. We'll see. Keep it open. Yeah, but. I was going to say I am a little intrigued. I I saw Michael Johnson today, wide receivers coach. I don't know if he was actually in the press conference, but I saw him as he as we were leaving, just by nature of right now without how all the construction going on in the lolly center we walk through kind of like the players hangout dining area so he was in there and talking with some of the people who had been in the press conference so that was interesting to me um and we do know that Devin Red who is a former Delaware State Delaware State let me make sure I'm getting mm -hmm. this right Delaware mm -hmm. State coach um uh, is 
is an assistant wide receivers coach. So that, that dynamic is a little interesting to me just because like, if he's just the assistant wide receivers coach, who's the wide receivers coach, or is that like a, yeah. like he means he's an assistant coach for the wide receivers. There's not a lot of clarity on that yet, but he's another one of those guys that did the whole Twitter bio change over today. And, and we were able to kind of piece together the dots on that. I believe there was some reporting on it from two, four, seven as well. So there you have it friends. Now on the transfer portal front, Nothing cooking there in terms of comings and goings for Syracuse. Leon Lowry, what's the latest on that, Emily? We had seen maybe he decommitted from Wisconsin. Maybe he didn't decommit from Wisconsin. Admittedly, I was busy with other things a bit when this was happening earlier. It did look like he had decommitted, but then there was, I think, a report out that he hadn't officially made that call to Wisconsin yet. He only committed to Wisconsin last night. I don't know if paperwork had already been done on that and, like, Mm -hmm. there was truly a need for a formal decommitment. I don't know. Um, We will, I guess, try to keep you as in the loop as we can on that. We will. But wishy-washy stuff Wouldn't be the first time a player went in and out of the portal. No, not at all. For Syracuse. So I'm going to say this too, guys. Kyle McCord is in the portal from Ohio State. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the portal. Syracuse undoubtedly is going to add a quarterback from the portal. I don't. There is no doubt in my mind about that, and they need to. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to say about Kyle McCord at this point. Don't count it out. He has a, he had a Syracuse offer out of high school and a had Rutgers it? offer when Brown was there. That's so. correct. There is almost sunny in Philadelphia. Draw the red lines. There is a connection. And what I think I learned about Fran Brown, not only today, but from everybody I've talked to, you get him in a room with that kid, he might be playing for Syracuse. So I'm just going to say, don't count it out. Connections matter. We are learning that as this process goes. So we shall see how that goes. It's only day one of the portal. Emily, I promised you a surprise at the end of the program. I promised the viewers and listeners of this program a surprise at the end of this program to the voicemails we go, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Now, again, Let's I'm playing uh, voicemail uh, roulette here. I have two voicemails. One of them may be a friend we have heard before, but let's see what we got. Good afternoon, Brent. This is Tony from North Carolina. I'm just calling. I watched the uh, press conference of Fran Brown, a new coach, and uh, it was fantastic he hit on quite a few uh notes that were really good for listening and hearing for what his vision is for the program a couple of things that stood out to me one uh was when he talked about coaches come here and three years from now they're gone and he said this is something that you know is uh, a job for life for me and i'll take his word on that and that was really good to hear the other thing that i thought was really good was when he mentioned the uh, defensive coordinator coming over from Texas A&M and saying how this guy is good and he'll be here for maybe a couple, two or three years, and it'll be moving up. I think for a program, you want that. Look at the continuity they have down in Alabama uh, with Nick Saban, coaches coming in and wanting to be a part of that. And if that continues, if that happens here, we're going to see a lot of good coaches come out of this program, and hopefully everything that he says rings true, and I'll hold him to that, and I can't wait for the football season. 
Thanks, Brent, and you have a good day. Tony, great voicemail. Thanks for calling in. Uh, regular uh, caller to the program and, and all good points there. To the bullpen we go. To Florida we go. Will he be at the Boca Bowl, ladies and gentlemen? Wait, can I say, Rock and Ron, if you're listening and you go to the Boca Bowl, please DM me. We have to meet I, I you. to meet you for the bit. But also, like, I don't know, maybe we do a little bit of a story on Rock and Ron, like our number one. There's a story. We owe you a cold beverage at the very least of your choice for all the great voicemails to the postgame show and the Syracuse Sports Podcast and the latest offering from our chief Florida correspondent. Yay, Brett, Rock and Ron in Florida. Just want to shout out a happy holiday to you and Emily. I'll tell you, the presents under my tree are getting bigger. The mounting, going to the Boca for Tambo, hoping I can make it. Now you got to go. The bigger present under my tree, we're blessed to have a great coach like Coach Brown, who's bringing in Elijah Robinson. Uh, boy, what a team so far. And, uh, if we can uh, pull in uh, King guy, uh, Joe Edwards there. And who knows, maybe pull in, uh, what's the kid's name uh, from uh, AT&T that uh, Elijah had there, Nolan, Walter Nolan. Uh, mm-hmm. It should be a sure, good start to a nice defensive line. But I will say we need to pull a quarterback out of the portal as soon as possible and a good one and uh like i said it's a team and these coaches i'll tell you i was impressed with the the presser this morning with coach bram brown and uh really liked what he had to say it's a team they're building it there this team is going to be exciting to watch and remember it's the only him taking it over and uh, going to take a couple years, but we're going to get back to the the good old days, I hope. And uh, looking forward to it. I'm getting psyched again. Uh, yeah, I'm a happy voice here. Uh, good shout out to you too. You have a wonderful day and uh, keep us up on this. Uh, I'm excited and looking forward to it. Have a good one. Bye. The legend, Rock and Ron, ladies Rock and gentlemen. And we we got to get him to the bowl. We need to meet. We need to meet. Rock we we got to get him there. I mean, it was fate that they put the bowl game in Rock and Ron territory. Now, he mentioned a couple of names there, Emily. Uh, Texas A&M, Gabriel Relaford uh, has decommitted. He's a four-star defensive lineman who's connected tightly with Robinson. And he mentioned the name Walter Nolan, who at once, if, correct me if I'm wrong, was not was he the top recruit in the country? He was. He was number two. I have his prospect page pulled up on 247. He was the number two overall player nationally, the gotcha. number one defensive lineman, and the number one player in Tennessee, five star. He has a 100 rating on 247. So, um, certainly a guy that you would want if you could get him in the portal. Mm-hmm. And you got the coach that can get in the room and get on the phone and everything in between to at least have that conversation. 
There you have it, friends. That is another edition of Syracuse Sports. As Rock and Ron, we will fully follow your order, sir. We will stay on this throughout the week. More coaches to come. The portal is open. Recruiting. All the all the tidbits and nuggets will be all over it for you on Syracuse.com. Check out my column, which has the voices of former players being welcomed back by Fran Brown. I think you will find that very interesting, what those players had to say. Of course, keep up on all of Emily's coverage, our colleague Chris Carlson. And we'll be on it for you, friends. A reminder that our next post-game show will come Tuesday night after Syracuse takes on Cornell at the JMA Dome as our basketball post-game shows continue as well. Please subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, Apple to get the podcast version of the show if you can't catch it live. And please become a Syracuse Sports Insider. Great questions, great opinions. The questions I asked today at the press conference were shaped by you directly from you your feedback's been incredible tell your friends it's the holiday season what what better uh, thing to find in your digital stocking than to be a syracuse sports insider just text the word orange to 315-847-3895 you get a two-week free trial and then it's just 399 a month after that emily thank you so much as always keep up the good work you guys keep up the good work out there and we will talk to you next time on syracuse sports presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare provider of SU Athletics.